Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Got a hot Tuesday show for you here. Our old friend Rocco is here, you son of a bitch. Hi. You son of a bitch, dude. You know what it is? What? It's like coming home and sitting in your old favorite chair, you know? <laughs> just comfy, you know? It's just comfy having you around. You do smell like leather. You, you do. Know? Oh, oh Which is you. nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we've missed you. I don't know if that's you. on purpose or not. <laughs> we've missed you. I've, I've missed being actually in studio with mm. you. Welcome home. Thank Welcome you. home. Thank you. All right. Let's get into it here. Because a lot has gone down. All right? Yeah. yeah, yeah Mayans yeah. is over. It's over. It's all over. You're all done with that. Yeah. Five seasons Spoiler of alert. the Lions. It's <laughs> over. Oh, no. They, they, no. It, yeah. no. they have to know that. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows Everyone that. Knows uh, that. Actors are still on strike, so it's not like you'd be doing anything <laughs> anyway. So you got out of there just in time yeah. because you guys ended and then the whole town shut Everything. down. Everything. <laughs> we actually weren't sure if we were going to get the last episode done because we knew it was all coming down. It was kind of a Scorsese ending to it, too. You know what yeah. I mean? It, like it reminded me of the end. Not to, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but it, rem- it reminded me a little bit of the end of The Departed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah, it was cool. I mean, so going into season five, we knew it was done. Uh-huh. We knew it was done. We we started talking about it, and I was obviously a writer this season. So when they said the ending, I was like, "Ooh, this is going to be fucking dope." Sure. And uh, it was. I was super proud of the way. I mean, I didn't want it to end, to be honest. But at the same time, if it had to end, we had we let it end on our terms, and I liked how it ended. Well, right, any thoughts on joining a real motorcycle gang now, just so you can keep doing that? Because Ron uh, Perlman <laughs> thinks he's a fucking. He he's thinks he's a, Clay Morrow now. now. Yeah. He yeah. thinks he's Clay. I, I, you know, for a moment, I, I'm not gonna lie. For a moment, I was like, "Oh, this is nice." And then I was like, "Yeah, no, it's not for me, man. Wait, I'm an actor. You I'm become actor. the bit, right? Fentanyl. Yeah, I, I, you become the bit. Fentanyl and meth, bro. Well, yeah. dude, <laughs> genuinely, like, uh, I went to a went to like a golf <laughs> tournament, and a bunch of rangers showed up, and they 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 ride with a uh, killer man's sons. It's <laughs> another three piece, right? Uh-huh. And hanging out with them, and they were so cool to us, and they kind of like bodyguard with me. I was like, my wife's like, that was kind of cool. I was like, yeah, it fucking was kind of cool. And then I was like, yeah, but it's not for me. <laughs> Just, I, 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 I'm an actor. I'm an actor. The next yeah. role, I'm gonna play something else and want to be that too exactly exactly i think it's what you end up as right so i think uh ron perlman for him because it's so late in life he ended up as that guy yeah kevin costner thinks that he's you know a real fucking Cowboy. cattle hand yeah, but that, and that did you watch that series i think it was on prime that uh that perlman did where he was a judge after no, like, I didn't was watch it, it called Hand of God or some shit like that? Something like that. It was. It's, it's really good. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's a good. He's he a good is. Actor. I mean, he's, he's, an, no, angry, he's, he's, he's an angry person. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. Good there's actor. no, there's no equivocation. He is an excellent actor. Yeah, yeah. He's and has actor. been for many, many years. But you know, yeah, that it is what it is. Do you think that warps people being pretending to be somebody else for so long? Uh, I think some people can tend to lose themselves and actually know who the fuck they really are. Or here's my thought on Ron Perlman. This is my honest thought on him. I, I think, just meant generally, but yeah, let's dunk on Ron Perlman. Yeah, dunk, yeah. I was saying generally, that was a general term. And then, by the way, I'll dunk on Costner with the same statement. I think when you play somebody that cool and everybody loves you because of how cool you are, mm. that's becoming that person is like, well, shit, that guy's way cooler than I was in real life. I might yeah. as well just yeah. be that guy. Yeah. And then everywhere I go, everybody's like, oh, shit, because that's your last memory of him, right? And, yeah. and you're like, oh, Costner. 
When you, whenever you see him walking around town in a cowboy hat, offset and everything like that, you're like, oh, fuck, man, Yellowstone. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, yeah. it, man. I sometimes it works, I though. I see that, dude. Sometimes yeah. it works. I see, like, I believe Costner is that dude, though. I don't believe that about Ron Perlman necessarily, but I believe that about Costner. I don't know why. I don't know what the difference is, but I it, it yeah. seems that it seems like genuine from his perspective or from from him. It just doesn't seem like that from Perlman for whatever reason. I'm not sure. I, so Jesse grew up uh, out there with with Kevin Costner. What was the sit? What do you think? Yellowstone, yes or no? His character uh, close to that in real life or or no? Just a fucking. He just wanted mm. to be in a band. Okay. He was also a big baseball guy because he did so yeah. many. That's, ba- right. that's how I That's's knew him. Right. He was like, this guy yeah. loves baseball. Fucking yeah. dope. Yeah. Now, on the other side of that is uh, Sean Penn with I Am Sam. He's been living that character. <laughs> yeah, he's been a retard for about 20 years I was going to say it without saying it, but yeah, go ahead and brush with fucking. Oh, sorry about that. There, yeah. Uh, no, but with Ron Perlman, I knew him before Sons of Anarchy and then afterwards. And it was, I mean, the, the after Ron Perlman. He showed up at this karaoke bar, and I was like, "Motherfucker, you've never been on a motorcycle before, and now you you are this dude." And he just walks in. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. I mean, five years of this shit, being on a motorcycle, uh, the motorcycle world is is definitely attractive. There's things about that I thought was really cool, and actually, riding a motorcycle is pretty fucking cool. But uh, I like had to sit back with myself, like. It's just not me to keep doing this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I'm over the motorcycle thing. I do. I understand the fucking the the, the culture of the MC. I understand a lot of how the how it was kind of it got, grew big in the veteran communities back in the day. And so all that stuff is pretty cool history. Um, it's just I have I, I don't want to dedicate my time to an MC because how much time they actually need of you or they ask of you <coughs> when sure. you join one. That is like uh, that's not attractive. I'm I like, would like yeah. to see a fucking series. Uh, even if it was like a prequel, I thought they were working on a prequel to Sons at some point. Maybe it fizzled out, but because like, those guys, the, the original nine kind of all came out of the military together. Yeah, so there's talk of the first nine, uh, and I don't know, I haven't heard anything, but mm. I said I've heard the talk of the first nine. I've also heard the talk of, of Jax's sons as well being mm. a concept. Um, I haven't heard anything since <laughs> for years, but yes, there was originally the first nine. And I would actually, as a fan of Sons, I would be a fan of watching the that, first yeah. nine. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah same yeah. here. First yeah. nine would be a great series. Okay. If they can make it, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and with you personally, uh, now that it's over, over, uh, were you amped to 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 kind of move on from it, or because I mean I don't think people understand how many years of your life yeah it, it took up it took up six years of my life yeah five years of filming but six years because the the first uh, the first time we did the pilot we had to reshoot a pilot so it was a six years total like I saw their kids and my kids went from middle school high school college mm-hmm. so like uh, yeah it took a long long time out of my life but. Um, it was bittersweet. I would have loved to do two more seasons because uh, the story arc of some of these characters, I would have loved to to let it flesh out a little bit more than we did. I think we had to rush a little bit. When you're wrapping up a show, you're trying to tie in all the storylines as well. But um, also, letting it end, I don't want to be Gilly the rest of my fucking acting career. You know what I'm saying? In the sense of like, that can ruin a career in the sense that they only see you as that Harry Potter or whatever the case. So I was excited to hopefully see what else is out there. Uh, it's scary as fuck, dude. And it's kind of... Uh, you know, don't know if there's ever going to be another time I land that lotto ticket of a show again. Mm-hmm. But I am excited to see if there is more opportunity out there. 
Yeah, because uh, right now, obviously, one strike is ended. Yeah. Uh, the other one's still going on, but they're in talks. I think that'll end here in the next. I think it's two weeks, maybe. Tops, right? Yeah. And, I, and I think everything will be fine. Yeah. But with that, they want to cut a lot of the scripted television, yes. which you know on that side. Yeah. And that was kind of their goal because it's too expensive. The streamers are losing money and all that other yeah. stuff. So I have friends, uh, Dan and I have friends too, who are just like, shit. I just want to get one more series and kind yeah, of hang you, on yeah, for you dear have, life. You have no dude. idea if you're going to land another one because everything that was out there was exciting because you're getting auditions left and right because every streaming fucking platform had a new show. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be like, now we're all fighting for the same fucking thing. Uh, so I'm doing that in writing and acting. So I'm trying to find something, a, a place called home right now. And uh, yeah, it's definitely scary. It's definitely scary to see what's next in the future. And if I'm going to continue, or I have to find a real job. <clears throat> Two wheels of loneliness. Yep. I would keep, you know, you know how many motherfuckers tag me with that shit yeah. still? I'm like, everybody. I'm like, I was, I was looking, I was, I was looking the other day. I think it was actually this weekend. I was looking for something you had posted recently that I wanted to <laughs> show somebody. And I'm scrolling through your pictures and I saw that comment at the top of the comments yeah. several times. Oh, God. Still. It doesn't it's stop. been fucking years, man. <laughs> it doesn't stop. I know. And you At know least what? it's not human dog anymore. I, yeah. I got a couple of those here, too. But, you know, if, if we ever wanted to make that film, I'd be interested in seeing what that looks like. Really? I don't give a fuck, bro. I like making, fo- I like that would making be films. That man. man. I like it, making films. It's awesome. You know yeah. how it starts, right? What? The Two Wheels of Loneliness? It's two no. dudes banging on a Harley. No, right? no, no, no. It starts with uh, rolling, rolling, rolling the dice. You got to roll the dice and get that number. Oh. And then it's a hardcore graphic uh, rape scene, obviously. Uh, and he, yeah. ro- he rolls an 11. I don't want to be the lead, I said. I didn't say Wait. <laughs> I don't want to be. Let me fix that. I don't want to be the lead of this. But he I, rolls I, an 11. <laughs> so he's got to get yeah. fucked by 11 dudes. Uh, it was Matt's. I'll, it be, was a, I'll Matt's. be a co-director. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, not just yet. I'll be a PA. I'll, I'll, be, be, a- I'll be a silent investor <laughs> yeah, 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 way yeah, yeah, yeah. off in the back. Uh, yeah. No, but it would be fun. Uh, but with that, as you're looking at the landscape and everything yeah. that's going on, movies, TV, all that other shit, mm-hmm. uh, what is the next step? Because uh, you moved. Yep. Down here to Texas, yep, so you're in, you're in Frisco, yep. and uh, and you're out of there. Yep. Um, so what do you think the next step to, step is for you? Once once the uh, rider strike opened up, we we've already been in calls left and right, and so there's a lot of a, a lot of talk about what's next. Um, hopefully, if everything goes good, I'll be jumping on as a as a writer on another TV show, um, and also kind of like a, an actor on that as well. The showrunner called me to potentially be a part of that one, so I, I can't mention that one yet. It's mm-hmm. still working, but that's something. Uh, and there's a couple scripts of mine that are being looked at right now because they're still thirsty for content that's original, and a lot of the stuff I wrote is kind of original shit. You know, it's not the same old, you know, dog and pony show that you see. I'm writing shit about the border stuff, right? That no no one's really talking about. I'm writing stuff about like my my blended family, the Mexican Puerto Rican blend. I have a, a script called Mex Rican that I, I'm put out there right now. There, so we're trying to almost go after kind of the blackish community that that movie that TV show that was yep. really fun, comic, comedic, thirty minute thing. I'm trying to do that for like a Latin like Latin, mm. Latino humor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get that. But there's a lot of meetings happening right now. Um, you know how it is. It's the end of the year. I don't think anything's going to get inked until January, late January, and that's probably when we'll be able to hopefully start moving. <clears throat> so i'm just kind of in the meetings and hoping uh that and then as well as the book right the book we're we're looking at creating a a tv show concept off of this and start to pitch that which we'll get into now so the book is called borderline defending the home fronts um and this is about your time as a as a border patrol agent which obviously we talked about you know in the past on drinking bros a lot yeah um now i've seen you on john bernthal's uh show everywhere else it seems like in every interview you do, you really miss it. Yeah. Any thought of ever going back to to being a border patrol agent? 
Uh, it's kind of hard to go back to that when I know that I can make better money for my family doing the acting and writing side of things. Okay. Just the career itself, I could make a lot more money doing what I do. I've kind of solidified myself for the past six years in Hollywood. I want to kind of continue to push that. Um, financially, it, it, what I can make in, you know, in one season of a show is, is significantly more than what I did as a, as a board patrol agent. So no, I don't plan on going back as an actual agent. Um, I've done consulting for them recently for, for like mental health and wellness and stuff like that. And so I do things like that. I still am involved in the community of it, but I don't plan on going back to the border patrol. I want to continue to try and push for this Hollywood thing to be a career. Um, and, and with the book, uh, are you getting in all the crazy stories and what you've seen and it, all that other shit? Because we, we on your on social it. media, you've been going out of the border a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We, we touch on a lot of it. You know, uh, the way I wrote the book is to, to, it's just my career as I experienced it. So things I experienced, like uh, the first time I ever a- apprehended dope, right? The first time I ever apprehended uh, illegal immigrants, so on and so forth. Uh, some of the rescues I've done as a Boar Star agent, some of the missions I've done attached to BORTAC. So my goal was to really um, explain the career field to people that probably don't really know but what they saw on the news, right? On the news, they're demonized, they're, they're, they're ridiculed, they're all kinds of bullshit. But like, if you really want to understand immigration, it starts with understanding what the job is of the Border Patrol themselves and what they're capable what their capabilities are when you understand that then you can kind of branch out and be like okay well if that's what they do what does ice do what does customs do and then so on and so forth and so for me it's kind of like the base level of like you want to know immigration let's understand the career fields that deal with immigration and the first one i can tell you is border patrol Mm -hmm. Uh, i learned a lot about it when we had uh, gary brugman on the show uh, who got pardoned by Trump. Yeah, I know him real well. He actually were the same sector. Are you really? We were in the same sector. So he was already out, right? He just got out of prison. I came back to kind of visit and meet him. He was like, he's friends with one of my buddies from Borstar, and so we became really good buddies. Yeah, I know exactly who he is. Yeah, so I, dude, I, we talk to Gary all the time, and uh, we'll see him at events and yeah. all that other shit. And uh, just kinding, like, kind of uh, getting to know like the intricacies of, of what you can and can't do during arrests. Yeah. You're, I mean, it's fucking wild, man, because yeah. like you said – you're not making a lot of money, yeah. Um, and then you're asked to do this job with all these regulations, rules applied to all this other shit, yeah. and it seems like they'll allow you to do everything but actually deport the person back to where they came from. Yeah, it, yes and no. It's like it depends on what the policy is at the time or what executive orders is signed at the time. I was saying on the Citizen Podcast, is like you know the board will take kind of a passive approach to apprehension. I don't ever like... I don't ever run up to a dude and be like, hey, parate, and pull my gun out and try and intimidate him. Like, no, that's not how it works. He's just run up to him, grab him, boom, cuff him up, take him in, and we process. That's what we do. We apprehend, we take him into process. Whatever at the time is, is, is in order, right, whatever the policy at the time was how we process. If at that time it's like, they call it expedited removal. If at that time it's expedited removal and it's Mexican, right? So then you just do the paperwork and then boom, they send him back to Mexico within that day, right? If it's not that, right, during my time it was Operation Streamline. There's something that Obama put into play. That meant every time you come across and you're apprehended, you're going to do at least 60 days in jail, and then the next time will be a year, and so on and so forth. It keeps growing every time you come across. So at that time when you arrested them, then you started uh, you started doing the processing for the paperwork for that to get them to to go into uh, holding, and that's going to be ICE is going to determine where they're held. So you do the processing, boom, you put them back in their little their little holding facility. ICE picks them up, boom, ICE deals with them now. So a lot of people were starting to like in the news. You don't know that because they don't tell the whole story of it. They think that Border Patrol is holding all these illegal immigrants at the time. It's like, no, all Border Patrol is doing trying to get them to get processed. And the processing is rolling fingerprints, identifying their country of origin, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And then from there, it's like hand off to ICE. ICE, you now do whatever the fuck you do with them. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how it is. 
what we saw in the news is all these people that are sitting there in these holding facilities that look like cages and so on and so forth. Well, the system's not built to take on a thousand motherfuckers at once. It's, you know, you have holding facilities to hold maybe 30 people max. And so when you have a thousand people like, well, whose fucking job is this? Well, Border Patrol had to take that on and they had to manage it the best they possibly could. And then as soon as they could process them, like, get the fuck out of here to ICE and now ICE, you deal with them. Right. And that's kind of what's happened. And it's become, it's become like a, a really hard thing where the Border Patrol now has developed these processing centers, which fuck, I mean, the, the, I just went there the other day to go visit that. And one processing center, just, just I'll, I'll stop, I'll shut up right now after this, but one processing center that houses 1,500 illegal immigrants has five different contracting companies managing this from helping with the babies, right? They call them kind of like babysitters, if you will. Mm-hmm. They have medical, they have um, different kind of security forces, right? Security mm-hmm. people, personnel. You have border agents in there, and then you have just other civilians who are just doing the processing. The, the budget for that is $24 million a fucking day. God damn, dude. A fucking day. And, and we're paying for that, right? Oh, absolutely we're paying no, for that. No, Mexico's paying for that. <laughs> that's what Trump said. No, no, but that's the problem. Is like <clears throat> this massive influx has turned into, well, how do we figure this out? Well, right now, it's kind of pushed onto the Border Patrol, and I don't know why it is. I don't think Border Patrol should be the ones managing the process. Because centers. they're the ones without a voice. That's why. No, absolutely. That's where you always push all the shit. Right, absolutely. And so it should be probably ICE, since they're the ones that usually do detention. They're usually the ones that kind of determine that so whatever it is that's what's happening right now and it's just kind of unfortunate because it's overwhelming our system and it's overwhelming our, our agents that are boots on ground yeah damn man uh it, it all seems like it's so much bro it's wild. i mean that's just the stuff that's happening at near the border yeah. we i've talked right right I, i've spent the last three years on this shows talking about uh, companies like Southwest Key Programs and MBM Inc. and even a governmental agency called ORR that's basically trafficking Mexican yeah. children all over the country, yeah. right? Into into uh, sponsor homes. Cool, man. So you're telling me that your aunt who just crossed the border from Mexico two months ago owns this fucking uh, ten thousand square foot place in Santa Barbara? That's her place, huh? Yeah. She she must have been. She was she at the lotto? Are you fucking kidding me? Like you can track these things. That's why there's eighty five thousand kids that are missing right now. Eighty five thousand yeah. company miners that have come through. Border Patrol just sends them to ORR. Like they can't. There's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. Once they've processed, then it's out of the Border Patrol hands. Yeah. But then people are like, "Oh, the Border Patrol's losing their kids." I'm like, "Hold the fuck up." No, the Border Patrol's doing yeah, their part in processing. You, Border Patrol doesn't fucking right. have jails. Right. Exactly. We don't. That's not. We have a holding facility that's supposed to be no more than 72 hours. <clears throat> that's if it's like mm-hmm. the perfect scenario. I don't mm-hmm. think ICE yeah. is even supposed to have detention facilities. No, you usually I, use federal prisons for that. Yeah, right? ICE is using private prisons and yeah. federal prisons, and, and there's just holding facilities. And there's there used to be this immigration holding facilities that during the I believe it was during Obama they had to shut some they, no one was using them there yeah. was like oh, there's a waste of fucking money let's just not use these as much but um, yeah there used to be holding facilities for families but there is nothing put in play in our government that does that so now the family just gets an NTA notice to appear yeah. right which is essentially a court date sort of yeah and if uh, they're if they're in from Mexico and uh, Mexico Mexico is not determined to be a place of of like you can seek asylum right like if yeah. the cartel is good it's the cartel it's not a that's not a political asylum yeah, the case, cartel here right? too bitch right <laughs> so Usually, if it's a Mexico family, family unit, they just expedite remove them. They just go and do the process and again, okay, cool, you're going just back to Mexico. It's the other countries that determine that they're, even if they're not uh, seeking asylum, they say they are, and then you do the investigation. Well, that investigation is going to take a long fucking time. Until then, here's an NTA. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's kind of like, it's a really tough thing, man. When Everyone coming across is saying uh, uh, political asylum, political asylum, political asylum. And so everyone's like... All right, we have to handle the case because the part of the humanitarian side of what the border patrol does is you claiming that 
I'll have to process you as that. And then the immigration judge will have to make a determination on that. Now, when's that going to happen? Well, right now, the NTAs four are years. Like four, ten? Someone said yeah. ten one time? There, like, so ten there, fucking years? There, there are, um, I think, 512 billets for em- federal immigration judges, and about half of them are filled. Jesus Christ. Man. Yeah. And this is, this is a problem that goes back to the Obama administration when they first started... Um, <clears throat> they tried to appoint a bunch of judges there, but Republicans were concerned that they would appoint judges that would just let everybody in. Mm-hmm. So they kept all of them empty, and the result was NTAs and no court appearance. Where right. 40, 40 to forty five percent of the NTAs they never show back. Never now, show right? the fuck up. I'd say it's more than that, almost than forty. I think it's more now nowadays because the type of people coming here not looking yeah. for anything. Th- other this than was it. this was just the mics, just right. the Mexicans back in the day. Oh, I don't know what it is now. Uh, but not only that, but how do you get a hold of them? So let's say, well, they they let's say your court date is coming up. Yeah. Carrier pigeon? Yeah, do they? Uh, so, hey, so, can I call you? So, do you have yeah. a phone? You call Mike Tyson. He's so, got those pigeons. Yeah, so part of the process is actually identifying an address in country or in, in our in our country that they can identify as their home of record, right? So it's a family member, like I said, an aunt, a cousin, whatever. And uh, yeah, that's what they, they try and get a hold of them through that. And it, it never, very rarely is actually the home of record of any of them. Ever. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but that's what you're starting with. So as soon as you get that number or address, yeah. one would think that you would just call and say, you know what, uh, Steve or whatever the American name you're, is, you're going by right now is, I'm going to call your uncle real quick, your T.O., and get him on the phone and we'll make sure that this is yeah. the person or whatever. They don't do that shit, though. Yeah, they, they're supposed to. You just write to, something down yeah, and that's it. They're supposed to make contact with them. I don't know necessarily if they do that or not, but yeah, they're supposed to. At the same time, uh, it, it doesn't matter. If anyone picks up that phone is in, in, in on this whole kind of the scheme behind it sometimes, somebody, yes, that's my cousin. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, There's no verification. Right, right. But so the, what, what, verica- what verification would there be? Right, right, exactly. This was Trump's point when, when the, he did the Muslim ban from those seven countries. Um, I just left uh, USCIS at FDNS at the time. So we we were having these conversations before he even got into office, but it was like, we're going to shut down immigration from Yemen. It's like, why? There's a war zone going on. People are claiming asylum. It's like, we have no fucking diplomatic relationship with that country. We have no way of verifying who that person is. We can't just let them in. And now everybody was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then Trump is in, then Trump's out. It's like, eh, let them in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, dude. Now now we've got 5 million in the last two years, right? (laughs) Including, I know for a fact that at least 250 people with derogatory reports, which means some first party association with terrorism, mm-hmm. essentially is what that means, or cartels, but these are all Middle Eastern. There's, it's not cartels. 250 since January 1st have been released with NTAs into this country. Have you heard the same thing, Rocco? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So if, you, if we roll your fingerprints... Right, and we determine there's nothing on record that shows a past history of any kind of criminal offenses. Then you are offered the opportunity, and you're part of the political asylum argument. Then you are offered the opportunity for an NTA. If at some point I roll your fingerprints and it shows you have a background of sexual offender, whatever the case it is, right, any kind of federal offense, well, then at that point they will work on removal. Um, that that's who's to say that we have any evidence of any of these other countries and what their background is. It's just, if you've come across and we were able to identify yeah. it. Yeah. So, so if someone does have a background that's tied to a, to a terrorist organization, <clears throat> but it isn't on record on what we use, right? The, the system they use, I think it's called the IDENTS or something like yeah, that. Ident, yeah. All right. And so they, they roll a finger and this shows nothing. Well, then they're still going to get an NTA. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's definitely a concern. I don't like the part where people say they're just letting them in. Like, no, not necessarily. They're doing their part as in rolling fingerprints and trying, but that's, 
still not enough to really understand everyone's background and whether they're in the system for what yeah. their background potential. And by the way, be. a lot of this, a lot of these dickholes that came in didn't even go through border patrol. All like so. The, yeah. the U.S. government likes to brag about how many people they extracted out of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. We got about 18,000 out, right? Every single one of them were vetted. And anybody that had derogatory, they're in another. They're not in U.S. They're in another country. Conversely, the federal government, when they fucking rescued people from Afghanistan, they didn't check anybody. Mm-hmm. They let people on planes. They dropped them off. 130,000 or so, Right. And who knows who these fucking people are? Scott Davidson was sending me video from the fucking airport in D.C. from Reagan Airport, and there's a compound, uh, not a compound, but a fucking a warehouse nearby mm-hmm. where they were keeping them in. They had a bunch of cots set up, and then Ubers were just picking these motherfuckers up and taking them places. Yeah. Mm. Like right after. This is, I'm talking about like uh, middle September, right after the the withdrawal and shit like that. Sure. And, so, and I- so you can't, like this, this, the point of that was, this isn't just... Border. I know everybody's got this image in their head now of Border Patrol cutting concertina wire. Yeah, you know what I mean. But that's like the least of your fucking. Concerns. Yeah, that, that's 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 nothing compared to like some of the serious things that could be happening. Why were they cutting wire? So there's a there's a discrepancy on because Rocco the, hates the, America. Yeah. <laughs> Just say it out loud. Just say it. Because what? Because Rocco, Rocco hates America. America yeah? Yeah. Rocco hates America. No. Rocco hates America. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not start that fucking thing, dog. Um, yeah, man. So what happened was is that there's a discrepancy on who's covering the border. At one point, the um, you know, the border patrol was held by the federal standard, right? The federal, the federal whatever agency has in place at that point. And the way I said earlier is border patrol has kind of a more passive posture. And so and once someone has entered into the United States, they've already broken that law. And so what we do is just we apprehend them. And if at any point we find them in distress, we do our best to rescue them as well. And so that's what we take almost the humanitarian approach to all of this. Um, when other government agencies are taken, say like uh, National Guard or, or the Sheriff's Department, it doesn't matter. They kind of take a more aggressive posture, just like they would in on all their day in life of what they do. And so the the disconnect between understanding how uh, the border patrol handles things and how other agencies do is they decided to put the barbed wire. But the barbed wire was set about twenty meters from the already the bankment. Why? So I don't know. It's just they decided this is a good spot. Let's put it. That's really genuine. Do they not understand how the fuck the, how federal law works? Uh, they, they just there's a disconnect in communication. Absolutely right. And so when they put it twenty yards from it. Well, these people already entered into the United States illegally. At that point, what Border Patrol does is make sure that they're safe, but as well as let's apprehend them. Mm-hmm. So there was people kind of crawling under. You saw pictures of a woman trying to drag her kid under it yeah, as well and things yeah. like that. That was happening. And so they thought, you know what? Fuck this. They're already here illegally. We'll apprehend them. Cut it up. Let them come through. I've got another idea. So, so I, I tried to pitch them on the why. crocodile thing earlier. <laughs> Just 40-foot moat crocodiles. would be fucking right. awesome. Yeah. All yeah. mathed up. But Did now, you about the meth? <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're yeah, on meth. Yeah, yeah, all the crocodiles are all methed up but too. So like, <laughs> I've got a new idea now. It's a fucking uh, spring-loaded pressure plate catapult. Oh, oh, that's fun. So if you're like to launch them, back? if it's babies, they yeah. can probably make their way across like toddlers and shit. Probably, but if you're over like eighty pounds, boom, and yeah. it just launches you. Now we'll put parachutes, right? Yeah. At the one side, sure. That way they can fucking strap up. We'll have a guy JMPI and people yeah, 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 there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're not going to get hurt or anything. It'll just be fun for me to watch them get launched into the air like that. Because look, if it's not on pay per view, yeah, it's not on the zone. <laughs> if it's not the the opener for for Jake Paul's fight, yeah, we can get your dad down there. Do to we care? Cuts yeah, I mean, we can we like, can do the whole thing and really make this 
uh, worth our, our, our while here financially. <laughs> yeah, let's find this a country. Let's find want. a way to monetize people's misery. Yeah, uh, well, we're getting close. That's what we do here. We're getting <laughs> close here. Um, let's, let's get fucking eight hundred pound people and be like, hey, uh, here's. All the food you need to finish killing yourself. Can we film it? <laughs> yeah. Do you mind? Yeah, that's Jeez. what we do. That's what the fucking learning channel is now. Do you mind if we film it? Yeah, because you know, uh, like I said, we're getting close here with uh, what's going on in uh, Israel and uh, in Palestine. I think the big concern, and this is what a lot of uh, lawmakers have come out and said, of like, hey, dude, this this could happen here now, um, because what you're seeing over there. We're letting some of these motherfuckers in at the border. We know that. And this could happen here now. And I think that's the biggest fear. Not just Harris, but chi- like Russians, Chinese. Yeah, I'm not, All of it yeah, across the board. Like, it, yeah. well, I mean, there naive. was a bunch of Chinese nationalists. Oh, there's that, more than that. And you even can imagine I had someone, uh, you know, because I've worked on the border so often. People send me shit sure. all the time. And there was a picture in one of the very prestigious neighborhoods of like 20 Chinese walking just right across and they're like, <laughs> like, and like, if that doesn't raise fucking concern for people, I don't know what the fuck will. I don't you know either. I mean? like, like, I am not oblivious and naive enough to think. Like, I know. So, so the way the border patrol determines it, you got you got Mexicans, right? M E X, Mex. That's uh-huh. what they call them. Then you got um, other than Mexicans, OTMs. That's anyone other than Mexican that's from the South, South America. And then you have exotics, and that's all the exotics is going to be your Africa, your 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 Afghanis, your Asians, whatever the all those exotic ass motherfuckers that had to come a long fucking way to come through the Mexican border, right? Sure. And. The exotics are going through the roof. When I was just on the border one of the times, I was in El Centro at the time, and, and relatively almost very little traffic, very little traffic. I'm talking maybe maybe you'll see 20, 30 people try and attempt within a day. And that's that's mild compared to what you're having in, in other cities, right? Mm-hmm. But just me walking up to the fence and checking out the gate and checking out the, checking out the wall, I look down and boom, there's an, Afghani, uh, and there's an African ID card. And you're like... Oh fuck! And like, yeah, yeah, we we had uh, eight exotics the other day. I was like, no way, well, we're all from Africa. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like, how do they get from Africa swim? to here? Yeah, they're that's good a far swimmers. Swim. It's interesting. Was there a Hawaiian punch raft? <laughs> oh Jesus! And what? I don't know if they're duct taping themselves to the Rocco. I'm trying to figure it out. All right, I'm trying to be part of the solution, <clears throat> not the problem. Okay. If they duct tape themselves to a raft, I have no clue. It would still take a while. All right. If they were swimming, it would still take a while. Who the fuck is getting all of these people here from all of these countries? Because the other part is that Dan always brings up on the show is, uh, you know, the way the media likes to portray it is that it's families and kids and mothers and all this other shit. And no, it's mostly adult males uh, who are by themselves or in large groups. And you're like, what the fuck is going on and who is sending you? Yeah. I mean, the only caveat I have here, and and, and trust me, this is like a very, very loose caveat to this, is that the workers who do work are going to be of the same age as military males. So Mm. you're going to have men come across a lot to try and work. But the fear is like the fucking numbers and the differences of how many men are coming across compared to the family units that are coming across is starkly different than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. It used to be a husband and his family fucking coming across. They, yeah. they used to like, oh, fuck, okay, I, I see what they're doing. They're all trying to come for a better life. You know, back in the day, you, you really saw that. And you're like, okay, cool. You don't see it as much now. Now you genuinely see like masses and masses of men coming across and then a pocket of a family here, a pocket of a family there. And you're like, well, this has changed. Why do you think that is? Aside from the incentives, like, oh, we know why yeah. they would want to come here, I guess. Uh, the, the, any, anybody that's a quality human being yeah. that's trying to come here for opportunity, we know why they would come here. Right. But why is it now the bulk of the, the party, a fucking military-age male, instead of having families with them? 
I think the the journey is dangerous, and it takes these guys. These are these are the guys who are willing to endure that. I think there's also some trafficking that's happening in this same sense, and there's I think there's there's potentially an underlining fucking something that that could be very dangerous to the American people. Rocker, you've been on the show before numerous times, brother. You know we got some sponsors that put this shit wagon on the air. First and foremost, it's still ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. I know it sounds crazy, but they're still here. What's even crazier is the fucking deals they're offering right now. 50% off everything in the entire store. How is that possible? Why is that possible? I don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, Maybe they stopped caring about making money over there. Not my fucking problem. Everything is 50% off. Uh, mattresses adjustable bases pillows sheets mattresses for the rvs the weighted blankets they might be giving children away over there for 50 percent. i'm not sure what they're giving away there but i know it's all 50 percent off so peruse the entire website over ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros and uh, check out the new massage mattress by the way shit i just pre-ordered that thing it's available for pre-order I've asked them to do this for years. I didn't know it was possible. There's a bunch of crazy patents involved and all that other shit. Uh, now, that is not 50% off. That's a grand off, though. You're getting a full Ariana Grande off on that thing. Uh, $1,000 off when you pre-order uh, the old massage mattress over there. You know Daddy's been wanting that for a while. Let's go. Now, when you check out, you're going to see a three-year pay-as-you-go program. No interest as long as you have decent credit over there. And all the deals that I mentioned are applicable with that. By all the deals, I mean all 50% off. So 50% off, boom, Papa, open the carts, put in like 60 items. You can stretch that out over three years. Fucking incredible deals, dude, going on right now over at GhostBed.com forward slash drinking bros. Next up, you know it's going to be a good time when you hear this name. Yes, our old friend Diet Smoked has returned to the party. Now, for those of you new to THC, let me break it down for you. Diet Smoke crafts their premium THC gummies from 100% American-grown hemp. That's the good stuff. And here's the best part. Uh, with the variety that Diet Smoke offers, they have the perfect gummy for everyone out there. So whether you're a first-timer or a seasoned veteran, Diet Smoke has got you covered. It's not just about the variety, though, okay? Each Diet Smoke product is third-party lab-tested to ensure that not only you're getting the best ingredients, but you're not getting any bullshit or anything else other than what's in there. So if you're getting a 10 milligrams, 10 milligrams. They're not going to jack it up to 50 or 60. I mean, shit, they got fucking gummies that go up to to 150 over there if you want it. Uh, But all their lab results are available right there on the QR code on the package. Talk about transparency. Now, what truly sets Diet Smoke apart is their commitment to their customers. If you don't absolutely love your experience, they've got a 30-day money-back guarantee. They've got your back. So if you take these gummies and you don't get high, or as high as you'd like to, send it back. I'll give you your money back for in, uh, in 30 days. Uh, here's the fun part. For all the Drinking Bros listeners out there, go to dietsmoke.com and use the promo code DRINKINGBROS to get 15% off your purchase. Everybody out there, shit, I don't, even if they're not a listener, tap them on the shoulder. Tell them to go to dietsmoke.com right now. Say, guess what? 
THC gummies mailed right to your house. Is that legal? Yes, it is. Okay, great. So I get a promo code? Yes, it's Drinking Bros. I listen to this amazing show called Drinking Bros. I get 15% off. Awesome, dude. I'll order it. However, remember, you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Enjoy responsibly and cheers to diet smoke. Next up, we got firstform.com forward slash drinking bros on the show. Love firstform.com forward slash drinking bros. Go get those micro factors, dog. Can't live without the micro factors. It's more than just a multivitamin. It's a convenient daily packets with six products that include uh, all the things you need to be healthy on a daily basis. Because let's face it, uh, we don't eat the way we need to in order to fulfill the demands of our body without getting the vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients uh, inside of us consistently. We're going to struggle to reach any type of health or fitness goal, whether that's weight loss, putting on muscle, getting lean, just overall being healthy. All right, here's what's in these things, okay? You can get rid of all the jars from uh, uh, GNC and all that other bullshit, all the weird vitamins that are on your kitchen counter. This comes in a little cardboard box and a little plastic package. You just pop it open, boom, pop it in your gullet. They got the antioxidants in there. You got the multivitamins. You got the probiotics. You got the CoQ10s to help you out with like cardiovascular function and all that stuff. They got the EFAs in there. You just got those omega-3s and all that stuff. And you got the fruits and veggies, which is a diverse superfood blends for boosting antioxidant activity, supporting cellular detoxification. So what you're going to go to do today is you're going to go to firstform.com slash drinking bros, and you're going to get free shipping on orders over $75. Go to firstform.com slash drinking bros. Free shipping on orders over $75. Last but not least, we got a hardafseltzer.com. Let's go. We're live in six states right now. Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Just open up five bars and restaurants in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Columbus, Ohio over there. We're live in uh, Urban Myers Pint House in uh, Dublin. Pint House down in Short North. Forno down there. The restaurants. Uh, Johnny's Tavern out there. Uh, those are the, the first locations that we're currently in. So if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area and you're getting rocked going to the game this weekend or next for Penn State, pop on into these bars, dude. Pine House is going off right now. Dang it, Standard Hall is open as well there. Standard Hall's always going off. Uh, We're in a ton of locations. Every uh, Total Wine in the Southeast, you can pop on in there. We're in there as well. Still in the Tampa Bay uh, Rowdies Stadium and still in all your favorite college campuses down there in uh, University of Alabama and Auburn. Shit, at Alabama, you can go down to 1405 University Boulevard. Hit that Shell Station, dog. Uh, They're packed full of hard AF seltzers there. Grab a 12-pack, super cheap. Or if you're not in one of those states, uh, we can still ship right to your house at hardafseltzer.com. Little more expensive. Prefer for you to go to the stores and get it just as cheap as fucking White Claw and all that other bullshit. Uh, but if you're in one of those states that are, that are near that area, just type it into the store locator, dude. Go to the store locator on hardafseltzer.com. Type in your city or zip, and it'll bring up the store closest to you. Go to hardafseltzer.com today. Support us and support the show. That's big. Very vague. 
very vague. What do you think is really going on? I don't know, man. I like. I guess I can see it from from two sides. Uh, the tactical side of me is like I'm always prepared. I was telling Dan, is like I'm always prepared for the worst, and and I've been prepared for the worst. And seeing what's happening, I'm even more prepared now than I ever have been. Uh, on the other That's side, what he keeps saying. So like, are people fucking idiots for not being more prepared for what potentially could happen? Dude, it's it's. It would be very strange if you're a tactical type person to not see and feel there could be a potential threat coming right to our front door. Yeah. If, we, you're, not, if, yeah, if you're not a tactical brain, then I can see you be like, oh, yeah, well, well you know, whatever. But yeah. for, for yeah. guys like us, they're like, fuck, bro. I'll this is battlefield preparation, right? Yeah. I've seen this before. We did it. We did it in Afghanistan with Operation Anaconda, right? Yeah. We sent guys, we sent the agency and, and some special operators over there to set the base, make relationships with Northern Alliance, a couple other people in Afghanistan. And then we sent State Department people, DSS people, to Northern Iraq, right? Because when, once we lost Turkish airspace, we wanted to fucking do a pincer maneuver. We want to have the 82nd go through Turkey, jump into Northern Iraq, and then have uh, uh, First and Third Marine come up this way in tanks, and we were going to meet in the middle and fuck Baghdad mm-hmm. up, right? Mm-hmm. Once Turkey told us we couldn't use their airspace anymore, we sent DSS agents and agency people into northern Iraq, and they fucking liaised with Kurds and some other people up there and built a fucking militia force, right? We, this is, we, we get, you get your people into the area and get them operational before you start your ground combat. That's what happens. And see, yeah. if you're not friends with you know, people who are in the military and things like that, like as a civilian, as a civilian the Operation Anaconda to me was like college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was about my dick. Yeah. Um, and that's all that I was concerned about. I don't think about any of this shit. Yeah. But he said this, I mean, literally 30 seconds after this, uh, this Israel thing started, he goes, this is coming here and this is coming here soon. Yeah. And then just about an hour ago, uh, Mayor Eric Adams of, uh, of New York uh, said, I need all of New York City to be on the lookout for lone wolves radicalized by yeah. Hamas to yeah. start doing this bullshit here. And the yeah. ATF sent out a letter to all FFLs this week this week warning them about people coming in trying to buy fucking to do straw purchases for machine guns and uh-huh. for Barrett 50 cows especially BMG. yeah no shit yep. yeah i would uh for the first i've mm-hmm. never seen a letter like that before yeah i uh i was trying to explain it to my wife like she goes so what is going on here you know yeah, like, yeah, what's, yeah. i'm like which uh, is I, we want them to be that happy right, and naive right, right? and That's, so i'm just like you know um she goes are you scared i'm like i don't think i'm really ever scared but I do think of the possibility of that we might have to get involved because of alliances, because of, you know, when you start really seeing, well, who's funding it? And you start getting digging deeper and deeper. You're like, fuck, we're going to get pulled right into this motherfucker, right? Yeah. And if not, come right to us. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I was trying to explain to her. She goes, I'm a little scared. I'm like, well, that's fine. Don't, don't worry about it, right? Like, right, if you see me scared, get scared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but I'm, yeah. pre- I'm, I'm in the back end. I'm definitely preparing. I'm definitely training again. I'm definitely getting my fucking gear ready, you know, and really thinking of like, what the fuck am I going to do in the case of worst case scenario happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you're somebody out there that's got awareness and trigger time, you got a responsibility. Absolutely. Like if you're, if you're cruising around in public, have your shit with you. Bro, you don't know if it's yeah. going to go down at a school. You don't know if it's going to be a mall. And cops can't do everything, man. COVID it's, was the biggest wake-up call for me, dog. Yeah. Because when that shit went down, we <clears> got <throat> locked down. And I started thinking like, oh, fuck. And then I started going, damn, my gear is dusty, homie. Because yeah. I got very comfortable. Yeah. I'm doing Mayans and shit. I don't think about nothing. You know, yeah. I was making decent money. The family's fucking fat. We're eating like motherfuckers. And all of a sudden, the fucking food supply shut down. All of a sudden, this, this, this. And I'm like, <gasps> and I went to my gear and I was like, 
motherfucker, how the fuck did you get so complacent? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so since then, I've been like, all right, we're, we, we got to be ready for the worst. And right now, it's a very, very uncomfortable times in America. Because what, what scared the shit out of me, and this is what I said on uh, fake news yesterday, was um, uh, so many people celebrating in the streets for Palestine yeah. um, at these yeah. horrific attacks, right? So yeah. you were like, oh, shit. You're amped about the videos that you're seeing that are yeah. coming out of here that we're all seeing right. on fucking Twitter. Yeah. And I was unaware that there was already this many motherfuckers in this country, oh, yeah. in these major cities already. And when I saw the images from all these major cities, New York included. I don't um, think most of them were Palestinians. Well, uh, I looked it up. There's like 100,000 Palestinians in the United States. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of just the Arabs. There's a lot of Arabs. fucking Arabs, a lot of yeah. white liberals. Yeah. yeah. There either, a lot of either Jew, way. There were, there were a lot of Jews who yeah. were like Jews from Palestine. I'm like... Okay, sure. Let's pump the brakes. But but either way, if to to come out, whoever the fucking group is, I don't give a shit what what their yeah. races are. What to come out and celebrate that kind of violence only yeah. means that uh, hey, you could be one of those people one day who decides to commit the violence right. if you're that amped about all the images yeah. that you're seeing. Um, because now you can go on and you know, like most of these school shooters or whatever that are filming mm. it and putting it on Facebook and yeah. everything else. Now they're like, well, fuck it. Now I'm doing it for a cause. Yeah, yeah dude. Well, it, say, saying somebody has the right to free speech, right? I have the right to, uh, let, let's say, if I want to be part of the KKK, right, and, which is Brandenburg v. Ohio. It's a major Supreme Court case that happened back in the day. I'm, I've mentioned it several times on the show. I technically have the right to engage in that activity, mm-hmm. right, provided I don't do anything that's uh, an implicit act towards violence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, or in, incite violence towards somebody else. And the, and the parameters of that are extremely narrow. Like it has to be a specific threat against a specific person or group of people, right? Hamas, Iran, and Palestine, and Al-Qaeda, and ISIS, these organizations in their charter is the destruction of Israel and anybody that fucking supports them. So, you know, is that a matter of free speech anymore? I don't know if it is. Like if somebody... Think of it this way, because a lot of, uh, I feel like a lot of my Jewish American friends are having trouble animating this thought to people. If there was somebody standing outside the building right there waving an ISIS flag, how would you feel about that? What do you think would be appropriate to do to that person? Yes. It would feel like a threat. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I think they should be fucking deported and Mm -hmm. have their citizenship revoked, frankly. Same. (laughs) But just knowing there was that many people in America currently who would support something like that. Means, uh, like, I, I agree with Dan. I think uh, an attack is imminent. Mm. Um, I think. Well, because we're weak, right? Yes. We're not, very, very weak as a country. And, and they and know they know now, not only do they know we're weak, they know exactly how we're going to respond to a threat. Mm-hmm. So we've seen all the fucking collaborators, all the fucking bureaucrats and politicians and police, even, who went along with this stuff and arrested people for going to eat in public without a fucking mask on. They know that that's, they know that our reaction in the same way that. Iran f- funded this shit that's happening in, Pal- in Palestine and Israel right now. They funded all of it. They planned all of it. The, the reason they did that is because they knew uh, Israel would react the way they're reacting, and it would break up the Abraham Accords. So uh, Kingdom of Saud, no longer talking to Israel as of today. Right, mm-hmm. That's over now. They knew that was going to happen. And for America, they know the next time that they attack us, it's going to be way worse than the Department of Homeland Security swelling government size in the Patriot Act. This time it's going to be fucking lockdowns. It's going to be bad, right? And that's what they're aiming for. Yeah, it, it, it certainly appears that way. And, uh, you know, as a father, because you got a million kids, <clears throat> yeah. uh, you know, as a father, you can't be in the same place with your kids no. all the time. 
um, you know, they're at various ages and all that other stuff. They don't have the training you have and vice versa and everything else. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but you know, as this goes along, you're like, God damn, dude, do I have to worry about every single second of the day and what's going to happen? And that's what I hate about it. And to go back to your statement about, uh, we're weak as a country. It's the mentality too that's weak. No, that's exactly just- where we've we've now catered to everybody's bullshit of like, don't offend this person, don't offend this person, don't offend this person. So now, if you do see something that is suspicious, you might not say something because you're worried about offending that person or right. that group or whatever the fuck it is. Instead of just pointing out the obvious and being like, "Hey, there's something weird with that motherfucker right there." Um, should we just call on this? Because <laughs> this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Right. Uh, and then even last night, it, it happened at a Santa Monica Pier. Guy scaled the fucking uh, Ferris wheel, backpack on, said he was going to blow up the whole goddamn Ferris no. wheel, and they had to shut down Santa Monica Pier last night. And you're like, all right, cool, man. Was this because of what we just saw, or was this a random yeah. act? Like, I, you start thinking about all that shit combined, and everybody's freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, but it starts with our border. Absolutely. And if you don't shut down the border and lock it down, yeah. uh, my theory has always been, uh, and I've said this on the show for years, I don't think it's good enough just to have a wall and everything else. I think you need a full 10-year shutdown um, of just immigration across the board where it's like, hey, let's figure out all these motherfuckers that are in the country. What's the, what's the number right now? 8 million, 11 million, something like that? What you say? 5 million in the past? In the years? past, you're talking about the total number here? Total, yeah. What do you think? Uh, 24. Jesus That'd Christ. Be my guess. Isn't that big? Yeah. yeah. But let's figure out who's here. 17 to 24. Try, to, try to get a, uh, you know. A who's yeah. who and a what's what of what's going on here. Yeah. Shut it down for 10 years. You can come in if you have some type of specialty or, yeah. or, or something else. Let's figure out our own country for a little bit and see how everything shakes out before we're opening it up to, uh, to all this madness that could potentially come in. No, no, absolutely. I think I was trying to explain this is like immigration itself is a seven layer cake. And I've said it several times. And there's so many things that we have to address before you can even think that immigration is fixed. Right. Uh, if the first thing, you know, is securing the border. When I say securing the border, uh, your, your, your definition of that and my definition might be slightly different, but it's, it's the same thing, slowing down the traffic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, trying to find a way to funnel it so they're doing it the right way so we can actually have eyes on and understanding who's coming into this country and how many we could actually handle. You know, and, and you know, the whole wall arg- argument was crazy where people were so upset about the wall, but like, look how much money we fucking spend on just processing a motherfucker. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. that alone is like, what, you're complaining about a fucking wall? We wouldn't have to process so many because the wall itself, it's a deterrence. And people are, like, people are still climbing through it. Yeah, they are, but at lower fucking numbers because the, 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 the mass amount of people who just walk through no fucking barrier is way fucking more than you'll ever understand so but i think the, the wall border, to me was border, psychological the border yeah. wall was going to be four billion if i don't if right. I remember yeah. correctly. right right yeah if the, the 20- annual budget for uh cbp and ice is 25 billion now that's the new number great that yeah. they're asking for well Congress. dude if you just talk about the 24 million and times that fucking times you know fucking 12 it's a fucking you know you yeah. mean you, yeah so so the crazy thing is like <clears throat> what was the wall i was trying to explain to people they like why would we build walls like because there's fucking areas of the border that are hard as fuck to manage with two fucking dudes in a vehicle that didn't fucking that's a uh, 200 miles away from any other fucking civilization mm-hmm. so putting up a wall in those areas would actually make them either work way fucking harder to get over that motherfucker or find an area that's like the path of least resistance and right. so it actually helps us as an agent the guy's boots on ground be like oh that'd be nice because i wouldn't have to worry so much 
much about that area. Yeah. And we can manage it a little bit better. So that means I can focus on these high traffic areas. And the people who are going to get through the wall, greats, man. But the number's so low compared to what it would actually stop. Absolutely. And just the psychological element of it, you'd be like, all right. I don't feel like attempting that today. Maybe I'll go do something else. People are dying trying to climb that thing and falling, but it's like, fuck, dude, don't do that. Like, Mm -hmm. there's there's so many other ways you can try and come across, but if you're going to climb it, and then there's a lot of fucking dangers that come with that. And I'm sorry to say it, but like, Find a different way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like just for your own safety of the fuck. If you really want it that bad, fuck you want to you want to live to fucking see it. Yeah. Fuck, dude, don't do it that way. But but that's the argument. People are like, oh, it's in, it's inhumane. It's like it's not inhumane. There just Del Rio sector alone last year, two I think it was two hundred and fifty seven people died trying to attempt to cross the border. Not just like fucking drownings, right? Not just drownings, but like so what happens is you come in a group, you come across with a, with a coyote and he's leading you, and right? He's trying to guide you towards some beacon of light or some fucking water tower, whatever the fuck it is to get to a point of getting picked up. Now, if a border agent at any point gets close to them just by doing their rounds, like driving around saying, oh, fuck, I see footprints, let's go track. Boom, they fucking scatter them at night, right? Because you travel at night. It's harder to fucking get identified. Sure. Well, by the time the day comes around, they don't have no fucking shelter, very little fucking water. They probably drop the water so they can run faster. And so during the day when it's 100 fucking degrees out there or plus 150, they die because of the environment because they fucking exposure to sun and so you have all these motherfuckers who are dying unfortunately like we don't want to fucking see that shit us as borstar agents dog we're trying to stop that actually we actually go and look for the scattered groups and try and save as many as we can well, people don't know the difference between Bortac and borstar do you want to explain that? yeah so Bortac is our tactical team that's our SWAT they get they get any kind of fucking high valued fucking mission on the border they're the guys be, that fucking were they, in Uvalde yep they're yeah. Uvalde they're yeah. also the ones who just caught that fucking escaped convict they're the ones yeah, who, yeah, yeah, in yeah. 2015 I was a part of that mission where they caught the other two escape convicts right so Bortac is the best dopest motherfucking fighting force on the border for any kind of like lethal engagements that needed but your guys are pjs basically yeah, Borstar PJs. Yeah. We were fucking shooting medics. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was, my specialty was tactical medicine. I was attached to a Borstar team because I can fucking shoot, but I also was a medical practitioner, right? But outside of that job field, my career field as a tac med, the other side of me is a fucking rescue agent, right? So I do search and rescues. I do water rescues. I do long line rescues. I do any kind of fucking rescue I possibly can. So my job, I wake up in the morning, put my fucking boots on, say, where are they scattered? This area. Boom. I go to a ranch and I track motherfuckers for 20 miles if I have to, find them, give them fucking IV and get them to safety. More motherfuckers are saved on the fucking border by border patrol agents. It's the biggest humanitarian mission that happens in our nation, as well as more dope is stopped by the border patrol than any other organization. So it's like they are doing a fucking hard job, and they have to do all these different angles of that job, right? Like, it's so fucking dynamic daily, but, like, that's what we do. So these bodies get scattered at night, and we got to try and fucking save them. I've got some questions about dope. Go for it. You got any? <laughs> yeah, you're no. holding. Are you you're holding first. Hold I'm Anything sober. clean. Uh, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, so a new edict came down from Sinaloa, from, from what I understand, from Chapo himself, saying, "Stop selling fentanyl, or you're going to die." And then Chapitos lit up a bunch of dudes. They've they've been executing people in North Mexico for selling fentanyl. Interesting. Um, you know why? Have you heard anything about that? No, but I, I, I can understand why he would do that. Not having repeat customers? That seems like a fucking yeah. logical way. Right, but reason. the other side is like pissing off America too much. Sure. Right? If you start pissing us off too much, look, it's a cat and mouse game. We're stopping. They're getting. Yeah. They're still going to get across, right? And is, if you're fucking with the business of this and we start kind of scrutinizing too much on the border, we start doubling up on mm. force, we start changing our <clears> policies, it's going to fuck with their flow of their money. And when you fuck with their flow of money, everybody fucking dies. 80 to 85,000 people the last two years have died from fentanyl overdose, right? Yeah. Um, this is a hypothetical question. Somebody, I, I had this discussion with somebody the other day, but 
I, I, after thinking through it, I landed in a place I didn't think I was going to land in. Um, <clears throat> I, I think there's a good chance that the federal government approached these guys. Chapo, maybe himself, he's in federal custody right now. Yeah. said, hey, cut this Our shit. own federal government? Yes. Oh, I, I, wouldn't, like, I would not the, fucking doubt that. Cut this shit off and we'll give you some favorable treatment, whatever it happens to be. And, and you, if you follow that line of thinking to its conclusion, it's one of two things. We'll stop fucking with your kids and the cocaine because the, med- the federal police in Mexico have arrested both sons. Yep. They've gotten out you know, mm-hmm. uh, by threatening the police's yeah. family and yeah. shit. Yeah. But fucking e- either way, like it's either preferential treatment towards the kids or uh, Chapo might get released at some point in his life because right now he's not scheduled to. I would take that deal. If Chapo said, I'll police this and stop fentanyl from going over your border, if you release me, I would, release, I would sign that paperwork and release him right then. 100%. I agree. I wouldn't, Dude, I wouldn't even fucking blink. Yeah, in the prison, there's always a big dog. Uh, and I'll yeah. go a fucking step further. It's I funny how the I big dog's the fentanyl, five foot three, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I'll go a step further. I don't think the fentanyl's coming from the Mexicans. It's not. It's coming from China. Yeah, it's coming from China, but it's, it's coming through Mexico. It's already proven right? it's coming why from Why would China. you kill your own clientele? Right, right. It's that, coming like, through China. Yeah, but sense. the cartels are getting it over the border. Right. right. That, that's exactly but what it is. coming from China. But do they know is the question. Unclear on that. I mean, some... Some know, Look, it, the yeah. money's money, I think, but at some point they realize like, oh, fuck, this is the wrong way of making our money because it's not working as well. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. think it's it's causing so much of a fucking buzz in our country that I think it's going to have repercussions on their country. You see what I'm saying? As in like when we start really changing things to fucking target fentanyl, well, then it's going to slow down their money. What's well, going to change the fucking way the border works? It's going to fuck up some of their routes. All that shit fucking, they, they feel. The cartel is very, very intelligent, right? They're, they're a business to be done. Yeah. And so at that, that's why you don't see as much conflict on the border with engagements. Like people think, oh, people are shooting each other. Like, no, they're fucking not. Mm-hmm. And if someone steps out of fucking line, the cartel manages yeah. that shit. This is, this is why the FBI went so hard after organized crime, right? Because organized crime was keeping the peace and the FBI needs there to be conflict. The FBI is full of shit. They're, they're the cartel. The FBI in the US, they're the cartel. They, they didn't want the fucking mafia to be a competitor, right? Yeah. And so, so they wiped them all out. For me, Rocco, I think uh, globally and then I act uh, locally. Yeah. You know? um, and with that, uh, we've got a bunch of celebrities who've been on the show. Yeah. People come in out of town and be like, hey, man, can you get a so-and-so or you know, whatever? And I was yeah. like, all right, cool. Uh, one, one dude was asking for blow. And I was like, great. We got a guy. I can get it to you, whatever. And he shows up and, uh, and he goes, you mind if I talk to the guy? I was like, I don't give a shit if you talk to the guy. I was like, why, why do you want to talk to him? He goes, I just want to make sure it's not fentanyl, whatever. Oh, yeah. And the guy, the dealer, got out of the car and he goes, here's why I would never do that. And he goes, I want to make sure you have the best cocaine you could possibly have because I want you to order more and I yeah. want to be rich. And he just broke it down yeah. to this celebrity who was here yeah. in front of us. And like, um, we're all dying laughing as yeah. he's telling the story. And he's he's like, it's man. true. Yes. He goes, I want to be rich, dude. He goes, <laughs> I want to have a studio like this. He goes, you think I want to fucking? He's like, I'd love to have a cocaine podcast for Christ's sake. He goes, it's not. We test everything and everything else. And I go, man, but that should be the same thing that the Mexicans are applying to their own drugs. Right. Which and he goes, ah, that's why I think it's it's the Chinese who are who are yeah. forcing it in. And, and he goes, some of the people who are just selling it don't give a fuck about that. They want the money now. Mm. You know what I mean? Half those people are just selling dope or dopers themselves. Yeah, but managers don't fucking work that way. Yeah. The cartels right. don't think like that. It's long term. Yeah, it's long term, and it's a family business. And you yeah. know, the only way to thrive is to keep people alive. So yeah, uh, you know, the other thing that I, I wanted to ask you about uh, in regards to the border is uh, the horses. Did you guys ever get the horses back? 
Or did oh, they take those away? For the no, the border patrol still has horse patrol everywhere. Um, that whole thing is the the, the border patrol kind of addresses it as the non whipping situa- situation. Uh, I don't know where they are with those two individuals, but but the, the, it is it has been proven enough with video evidence that it was not there was no whipping. That was the dumbest shit of all time. Very it strange. just happened to be a uh, Bob. You can pull up the photo of it. Um, it just there happened to be. It was an emotional response mm. to a photo though that was taken mid stride. It's something else, and uh, yeah. and initially they took away the horse. And they said, "Oh, no um, more horses and they, and for they, everything yeah, else." Yeah, and they also made them stop greasing up the Mexicans. Yes, so you grease them up, and you get on horseback, and you chase them. You got to wrestle them to the ground. It's a whole game, right? Yeah. It's yeah, and it was lard. Uh, here yeah. it is, right here's here's the photo in this question. Is what showed there. up when I googled Border Patrol whipping. Yeah, yep. that's it. So that's this, a great this photo. Was, this was the photo. Is, that's means, an incredible photo. That's that's he was whipping. That's, that's, that, a, that's the good angle because it shows his grip on the shirt. Yeah. Um, but from other angles and other videos that were blurry, it looked like he was using the reins to whip him. Now I don't. I never thought that, but that's what people were saying. Mm. I was like, "Shut the fuck up, dude. That's not how that works." It's hard to chase individuals on the fucking horse, and especially the masses of people. It was safer for him to stay on the fucking horse because my fear would have been like, uh, "These thousand motherfuckers are gonna come take take over." Yeah. So what he was doing was rounding rounding the horse, moving the horse in a way that can get him in a good position to grab the dude and secure at least the ones that he could. And in that situation. They took pictures and videos and it fucking went viral and everyone jumped to conclusions and emotionally invested in the, in the situation, got it. But it turned in so bad that even the president made a comment. I was like, Jesus, dude, hold the fuck up. It didn't bro. seem necessary I at felt, all. I felt I felt bad for the dudes doing their job. Same here. To feel like, whoa, bro, even he jumped to conclusions. Well, Kamala Harris said that it was like slate it remind no, not Kamala Harris, Maxine Waters. Yeah. She was basically like, Oh, it's fucking like slavery. Like, all right, cool, man. Mm-hmm. It's, I guess it's, we're doing this. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough to see people jump to conclusions on that kind of shit because they're emotionally in, in bro. Some of the other, like I said, everyone in this subject doesn't understand. Like, if you want a fucking good foundation of this, understand what the border patrol's job is mm. before you fucking speak on any of their shit. Know the job, understand the job. Then you can be like, oh, I get why they do what they do or however it is. But if you don't even understand the fucking job and then you just make a blatant fucking wrong comment, it's like, dude, you're just the, yeah. you're just as much of the fucking problem as anyone else. What do you What do you say to people who have uh, lobbied for? And this is this is. Ordinary civilian folk, it's also the governor of our state and other governors of other states uh, about militarizing the border with the National Guard. Uh, it's a tough one. I think it's, this, this is, to his point from before, we had a long conversation about this yeah. earlier. Those are two very different security postures. Yes, absolutely. Like the National Guard is like this, and Border Patrol is like with a clipboard, basically. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? so it's, it's different. Um, I would hope that if that does happen, there is some kind of bridge education <laughs> on on how to apprehend because you know if i hired a bunch of my fucking soldiers they'd be fucking aggressive as fuck too because we just went to fucking iraq and we're fucking you know if you send a bunch of paratroopers in to start arresting people <laughs> right. people are gonna get fucked up. right it's gonna cause i fear that it will cause more drama in the sense and there will be um that would be a problem to have to manage now on top of that yeah. if there if it does happen i don't see a problem in the sense of like we need help there needs mm. to be more more people but they just have to understand the posture of what's happening it's not an aggressive target until it is an aggressive target and it has to be managed that way yeah the yeah the use of force continuum for uh soldiers is quite a bit different absolutely the roe is different you know what i mean like it's it's just a completely different world so if you can teach the mindset explaining without the anger if you have anger about people coming into our country that way it already is a is a is it's it's not starting you off in the right direction how to apprehend someone Mm -hmm. you can't have that posture in in this position as a border agent like i said like i've said this before 
you got homeland security and you also have immigration policy. Both have to fucking be met. And right now we have a kind of if if the the dial is tilted too far where immigration is taking over and there's not a concern for 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 security. It needs to get back into the balance of it. And when you do that, it's a humanitarian mission on top of a security posture. Mm. And so both of those need to be met and and it's hard to do that. And we've had it for a long time where there was repercussion for people coming across. There was there was there wasn't incentivized to come across. And so the border was managed very well. The man, the border was managed during the Obama administration and Trump administration, I felt like it was doing its thing as best you possibly can as you tweak the dial yeah. left and right. Well, after three years of the Obama administration, right? Like right, he right, left right. the floodgates open first, <laughs> and then he deported more people than all previous. Yeah, and then he, yeah, and then yeah. he got really fucking yeah. aggressive. That's where Operation Streamline. Yes, it's, right. it's, it's kind of what's happening now too. Right, I think like right we're going to finish the border wall. Apparently, yeah, that was yeah, a, that was a weird that? that was a weird posture. And then like, Jean Pierre yeah. Lucard was like, uh, whatever her stupid name is, she was like, oh, this was always budgeted for this, so this is what's going to happen. It's not, it's out of our control. Like no, you control the fucking federal budget. Yeah, sure it doesn't do. matter what soon the fuck's as, been done. As soon as this administration came into office, and this is just like facts and not talking shit or anything, mm-hmm. because fucking I, I'm. I want people to read the book. Yeah. I don't want people to go like, oh, this is a conservative mindset. No, dude, read the fucking book and understand the career field because I'm not shitting on any other side but explaining the career field that you d- you need to fucking understand. Mm-hmm. But once the administration came into play, all construction stopped from the border. You can go to like, I went to El Centro and fucking there's metal left and right and fucking like bulldozers just stopped. Like no one was like, boom, done. We're not even going to fucking touch this because it was told stop all fucking construction on all the fucking walls. Yeah. And so that caused an issue because now you have this fucking giant ass gap in the motherfucker mm. and people couldn't use it. Yeah. And then a bunch of uh, Mohicans were down there building ramps and shit. <laughs> Yeah. Jump in the. F- <laughs> it, sound, it turned into Tony, how funny would Tony it be? The, skate park. How funny would it be yeah. if there was just a bunch of dudes down there building ramps? It's just like Nate Wessels down they were there just in a bowl, yeah. dude, and they were getting ready for X Games. Yeah, like I would support that. Same here. To be honest, I think Nitro Circus could probably employ most of these fucking Mexicans. Yeah, there's a lot of them. They built so much shit. Yeah, I mean, it's like, dude. They should have been driving the goddamn things in the first place. Like that's the best of construction. But what about what about? We, there's an election next year. I, I don't, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not here. Yeah. In, in the United Never States. Never heard so. of it. Is yeah. that? Um, is it Trump and? Yeah. Trump and, and then, uh, you know, uh, IRFK just announced yesterday. By the yeah, way. Yeah. Oh, did he? Um, he's, he's running as an independent. Oh, interesting. So he's uh, he's running third party there. Uh, no VP pick. Stay yet. tuned on that. Okay. Oh. It's coming. Is the VP pick going to be? Uh, he says it's going to be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. Did you heard too? No, I just thought. I just. I mean, I'm looking at everything and saying, hmm, that'd be that'd be the choice. I bet. Yeah. That would really fuck up everything, though. Uh, I mean, not that I don't want to see it. I'd say it'd be interesting. I I like Tulsi. I like I like her position currently as she speaks. I'm like, oh, she's someone that has an opinion that I actually kind of agree with. So it's an interesting one. Yeah, it's an interesting one, dude. I I, who knows? Because she'll bring a lot of right over a lot of people on the right like her. Dude, she's kind of this right now, right for people. So yeah, Yeah, she says uh, what's politically expedient. Yes. Yeah, which right. is someone you should be deeply suspicious of. Um, you're, it's it's like Vivek. I, mm. I everything he says is like fuck. This guy's right, yeah. and then I'm like, <sighs> is it real? I don't know. <laughs> it seems like a playbook where you're like, yeah. is this real? Yeah, well, but, yeah, yeah, I don't my really spidey know. senses are like, I don't know, dog. But but saying all the right things. There's, there's an election coming, <laughs> and I can tell you, if Trump gets elected. There's going to be some shit going down. Uh, right? yeah, there's going to be a huge battle between the bureaucrats. Yes. Like, Mayorkas will be gone, sure. Absolutely. But there's still so many uh, post, like, uh, el- people above the GS ratings, even, that are involved in this infrastructure that are going to fight tooth and nail 
to stop what Trump is going to try to do, which I think will be a complete shutdown of the border. I think there's going to be some interesting stuff. Yeah, I, bro. Because we've had three patrol agents on. I'll ask you this. Who? All of them. Uh, You've had Gary. Uh, yeah, Gary? Well, uh, Gary's been on, but then uh, three like drinking bros of the weeks, right? So okay. they'll come up at the end. Usually after a few hard AF seltzers, and then they'll unload, right? And uh, and it's the same thing. I'm like, hey, dude, are you hoping Trump gets in there? And they were like, yeah, yeah we're we're they they want someone who's favorable to allow them to do their job and not feel that it's just an open fucking wall, right? yes, an open story. That's and, they, and that's what they've said yeah, in a, in a very polite way. Right. Are you do you have the same stance of like, all right, this would help out the men and women down there? Uh, yeah, I think I think what's happening currently, and I think anyone can see that it is not favorable to our country the situation that's happening right now uh, i think all the border agents have very low morale based on how the media portrays them and how the average person doesn't understand portrays them right uh and and so it's a weird thing that their job always kind of goes in these waves as as the political you know leaders change mm-hmm. so does the policies and how they enforce those and so it becomes this like you don't they don't feel as patriotic right now it feels like they're not even doing their job or their job is a, a, a almost obsolete and that doesn't fucking feel good when it's the most patriotic career field you can have outside of the military right and so i think they all feel a little handcuffed and a little um gagged to to speak their mind because they don't want to lose their job it feeds their family dog you you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I think any all of them want to find a position where the Border Patrol is praised in a way that they deserve to be. Why is it the hardest jobs in America are the ones that are the most shit on? Like I think about that all the time. Cops, yeah. Border Patrol, teachers. Because if you're trying to firemen. conduct an information operation to weaken the society, you attack the institutions that protect them first. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. No. Text that to me, dog. <laughs> Note the timestamp. Yeah, it's gonna be on your mirror, dude. Yeah, that's damn. what you're training to. But that's what morning. you do, right? That this is Yuri Bezmenov or whatever the fuck his name is. He talked about this 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah but, this is what you do. But the thing that I always bring up is like, what keeps people coming back to do this fucking job at the end of the day? Because because they've spent their fucking life doing something that they believed, even if it's five years, or six years, or seven years. How do you restart? Like the border patrol actually gets paid better than the average law enforcement officer. So to walk away from that fucking job, I don't know, if, one, if all they have is law enforcement background. Is there, is there a pension too? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, absolutely. Cool, cool. Yeah. So you see a lot of guys jumping to ATF. You see a lot of, that's questionable, right? <laughs> you see a lot of guys Dan jumping loves to, the ATF. Yeah, yeah, hey, I, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but the point is, like, you see guys jumping to other federal organizations because the Border Patrol is kind of getting overwhelming for them, right? And so they jump to other organizations. But the Border Patrol itself is a really good career field that pays pretty fucking good. Right now, it's the hardest fucking it's ever been for that career. <clears throat> yeah. They're fucking overworked, underpaid for, for what they do now, you know? And so how do you fucking just say, mm, I got to change my job? And, and it's hard, bro. You know how it is. The average American person, you you make 100000 a year, you're living at 100001 <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? So like to stop everything and go find another career that's going to still pay, that's not going to lose your fucking house and not going to lose your ass, it's very hard. We all put ourselves in those positions of like, fuck, I'm trapped a little bit. Yeah. And I, I agree. Um, the weather, though, would, would have driven me out of here. <laughs> is this your, you haven't been back to Texas in a while. Now it's three years here. Me. Jesus well, it's Christ. today. Uh, I've been hot. Yeah, well, today has been great. It's but fucking hot. Before that, it was it was brutal. Uh, what made you want to move to Texas, back to Texas? Because you were in El Paso. Yeah. Obviously, that's where we we all met. Right. Um, what made you want to move back here? I was in El Paso, then I moved to Salt Lake because I was filming that show, what Brothers in Arms for you for History Channel. Yep. 
Uh, and then the commute to LA was easy. It was like an hour and a half. So I was like, fuck it, let's stay here while I'm doing the Mayans thing. Mayans ended, my oldest daughter, uh, my other older, my older daughter, one of the other ones, 18 year old, she graduated high school. And so before my son could get into high school, we were like, okay, do we want to get back to Texas? Because Texas is where my wife's from. And so, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so we're like, yeah. let's get back to the grandparents. Let's get back to the Texas lifestyle. Let's get somewhere where I can fucking jump on a plane anywhere I need to. And so, the Dallas area made more sense. Our son started high school uh, and was able to jump into sports right away. And so, it just made sense. If we were going to move, we had to move then. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And just Dallas because of her family? Do they, are they from uh, Dallas? No, they're not from Dallas. We just started looking around and genuinely, I Googled what's the best place to raise kids and play sports. And it was Frisco, Texas. And so. I don't normally tell people publicly that, but yeah. Oh, I apologize. It's okay. That. No, yeah, no, well, Frisco's big. It's, it, it's, dude, it's a big huge. City, yeah. It's massive. But yeah, our goal is to get our kids into the sports that they love. You know, our, our daughter <clears> plays soccer. Our son does golf, and our other son does football, baseball, and wrestling. And so, just to accommodate them, you know, we, you know, we're comfortable with whatever we do. Um, my, no, it, it rocks down yeah, there. It's I mean, cool. shit, we we do a bunch of gigs there at uh, Cowboy Stadium all oh, the cool. time. Oh, yeah, cool. So yeah, yeah. we the were star, just there. Yeah. We let were me know. Shit. Yeah, we're, that's not far. We go to the star a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's not far from me. So just let me. I mean, the Cowboys are fucking terrible. I'm not a Cowboy fan, dude. But like you know, I'll hang wait. Out. Who are you a fan of? Uh, you know, I grew up in LA. Raiders has always been kind of the thing, dude. Even though it's the Raiders. Uh, I won on the Raiders last yeah, night. Ra- Let's did go, you? dude. Did Minus you? two. Yeah, My yeah. dad's a fucking huge Raider guy. guy. So I just Raiders might be it. I've been to a Rams game. That was kind of cool. But Raiders. It's well, hard to get into it at the Rams. Like the stadium, SoFi is dope. The team is they're good again. Yeah. It's good, but it's like it doesn't feel. There's no fans. There's no fans. It doesn't feel natural, dog. No, it's no. like being at a yeah. fucking concert. Or they something. try, bro. They try and bring a lot of celebrities to mm. it. They try and get oh, yeah. the, like, and it's just like I went and I was like, yeah, still Raiders. Dude. That's not <laughs> how you get fans. Still Raiders. So, no, people don't give a fuck about celebrities at, at sporting events. Uh, there's a lot of people that do. It's oh no, weird. they care about it, but that's not like, that's not going to ingratiate them to the team. I agree. They, I agree. They don't yeah. care if the team wins or not. They just want to see it's it's a spectacle. Right. 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 The Raiders. It doesn't matter where they move that fucking team. That fan base is there, yeah, man. Dude. Watching that game last night, it was just like Jesus I was Christ. I was pumped about Vegas. Uh, everybody, I was pumped about Vegas. I haven't been to the stadium. Do you ever? Yet, do you think? Do you think about moving to Vegas? We that was that was one of the thoughts, dude. Yeah. It's just the weather and kind of like the desert look we just didn't want yeah. you know what i mean but fucking vegas would have been cool yeah it's that that weather that weather's a little too intense there's that's what i'm saying it's that hot heat, here and it's hotter dude, there. My, my brother and my dad live in arizona homie when we go visit them i'm like what's like 130 fuck degrees we, this year be beef jerky yeah. by the time i leave this motherfucker jesus yeah. Yeah. is uh is your dad still a cut man uh he's slowly walking away man he's him and my mom are traveling a lot they just got back from fucking israel homie about a week and a half ago dude. holy shit you're kidding i swear to god dude God, damn. I call my mom like you, lucky son of a gun. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, they're traveling a lot. They're both retired now, and they're just gonna. My dad, he'll take a fight here and there. He, I think a Keith Thurman fight coming down the road. He's gonna be jumping on that. But he's getting older, man. He's slowing down. He wants to kind of just like enjoy the retirement. I understand it. He's been doing the biggest fights for, for fucking, however dude, twenty I mean, something, thirty years. Yeah, dude. I, just, I I've been doing some cut man work. I you know kind of filling some shoes here and there. But really, yeah, dude. Because you hit me up when we were at the Ryan Garcia fight in San Antonio, yeah. and you were like, "Yo, my dad's in the corner." And yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, I yeah. didn't know that." Yeah, yeah, dude. So like, I have a couple of buddies. You know, Ricky Funes, who owns um, uh, Ten Goose uh, Gym, it's where a lot of fighters train out of. Garcia yeah. trained out of there as well. Yep. Um, you know, he calls me. He's like, "Hey, can you work this fight? This fight? That fight?" So you know, I still got my my. My, my my hands in that space i enjoy it i enjoy being that close to the fight and being a part of it still it's a blast i just i don't know i don't understand why there's not more up and comers like it's one sport that i can't figure out because i loved it so much it's not expensive yeah you can go in and train at most places yet we're stuck with youtubers essentially and then a couple of heavyweights here and there 
Tank Davis is great. Bud Crawford yeah. is great. But there's about five people, and then that that I'm kind of checked out after that. They're still making a fuckload of money, though. It's tons, crazy. I, I, tons. It, it's, crazy. it almost seems Canelo. like Hunter Biden's artwork. It's just like all a scam to launder money. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Know. His art is really great, though. I just I just bought a piece for twenty. <laughs> but that's million. just Western. That's just nice. American exceptionalism thinking. Like there's so much Telemundo and DAZN cover more households than any fucking shit that we're doing here dude the the jake the whole jake phenomenon is that's pretty weird it's weird and it's it's fucking crazy that it took that dude to make it exciting for boxing again and i'm not like a, i wasn't a fan of his but as i watched him improve as a boxer i'm like okay fuck it let's see where this goes yeah so everyone he does i, I fucking buy and i'm like Every time I'm like, all right, motherfucker, you're doing it justice at least. At least you're showing the respect of getting better at it, mm-hmm. which I like, dude. Yeah. I'm, fucking inc- I'm excited yeah. about that. He's paying better and better fighters to take falls when he fights them. Oh, <laughs> I don't know, dude. No, I don't that's know, real. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's real. I think I'm it's not, real. I'm I think it's one real. second of it. Dude, did you serious. watch his doc? It, it, it had me go like, okay, bro, I'm, I'm on your side. I'm yep. going to keep watching, and I hope he continues to challenge his fights. I don't think he's ever going to be ready for Canelo, to be honest, right? No. Like, that's fucking bizarre. But as he continues to fight, man, you've made a fan out of me because I want to. See, every time he's improved, I'm like, I respect that, dude. Mm-hmm. I respect that. It's fucking. It's well, at least he's trying. The, the biggest takeaway that I, I had from it was what if we just continued doing sketches, right? Yeah. Because um, I think when we all met in the 2014 area, you yeah. guys were doing a shit ton of sketches. Everything went viral all yeah. the time. Uh, and Jared was always like, oh, I don't understand why you don't have your YouTube channel, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I was like, Man, I, I did it back in the day, yeah. but I was doing movies and all this other shit. And uh, my first sketch was right when YouTube started yeah. in 06. And there's times where I look back and I'm like, fuck, man, if I'd have just grown that channel back Dude, in the you day. You're stuck with a dog. Because you thought movies and TV yeah. and all that yeah. other shit. Now no. the YouTubers? The YouTubers, are The ones with all the money. I mean, shit, Logan's got Prime. Yep. Prime's worth a billion dollars. Yep. I just saw that evaluation the other day and I was yeah. like, God damn yeah. it. Him, him, them, KSI. They, all those guys. Let's rob them guys, man. They can't stop us. What are they going to do? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you're, all you're doing. <laughs> All you guys are doing is collecting resources for me to come get later. I hope you know. Yeah. You're, you are my Instacart shopper in life. That's what you're doing Well, with your entire life. Somebody somebody came and got Jake's resources. Um, oh, yeah. They did recently. Oh, yeah, dude. dude. Yeah. I, the, I think it was the ATF that busted That's what you're house, supposed right? to say. My resources. Those somebody... are my resources. <laughs> did you see how many guns they were pulling out of his house? No. Does he have that many? Uh, Bob, pull it up. Pull up uh, Jake Paul. Really? Uh, guns out of his mansion because um, they were showing the aerials of I it. always see their security I'm like why didn't they hire us dude you're like their security oh to me I'm like are those are those better be special ops dudes because if they're not know. then what the fuck I don't know but there was so many guns coming out of there and it, they were they were federal charges and then they just magically of went away somehow did. and I don't really know why there was a fucking million guns they pulled out of I his don't house. think he's dumb enough to not have some kind of license of some sort to fucking allow it I don't think he's going to be dumb enough. There's yeah. enough. Money, there's enough money to fucking figure that out. There you go. You can pop. Yeah, pop up that pick, Bob. Um, Let me see this motherfucker. I mean, they were just coming out left and right. There you go. <laughs> Check out that lady, dude. I like it was just a bigger lady too. With you know, because oh, it makes it look cooler on camera. Where it's like, look at how big these guns are because I'm a lady and. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were just pulling out gun after gun after gun out of his fucking house, and they were Damn. like, why do you have this much and everything else? <laughs> is this like, in California? Why is it your business? Yeah, I was in California. Why the fuck does he even still have a residence there? I don't, Their I primary think, is in Puerto Rico. You know what's why funny? I, I think that was the last straw, and then that's what got him down to Puerto Rico, oh, okay. where they were like, we're done with this bullshit. <clears throat> yeah. We're fucking out of here. California's dumb. 
It's all done. Uh, you're out of there. We're out of there. Who cares? Uh, it's nicer here. Uh, the book is Borderline Defending the Home Fronts by Vincent Rocco Vargas. Jocko uh, actually wrote the foreword to yeah, you here. Yeah. Um, is this the first book out of Jocko's imprint? That is. God yeah, damn, damn, dude. Um, I got very lucky. How'd you pull that off? I wrote five chapters and said, hey, man, I really want to tell the story. And he goes, you got an agent? And I said, no. He goes, you got one now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, when, like, as soon as he starts talking, uh, it becomes monochromatic. Like, yeah. All the color goes out of the room. Yeah, yeah, People yeah, yeah. don't know that. They see him in public. Yeah. Why is he editing that? It's yeah. not edited. He no. looks like that. Yeah, he's I, always I, a black, I, and, white. black yeah. and white. I blacked yeah. out when he yeah. said it. Yeah. 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 You got one now. Yeah. And so what does he say? Hey, man, finish this up. Do they have a team of editors? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we got connected with, um, you know, with uh, the publisher and we just started putting it together, you know what I mean? And started writing it and fucking kept going. And eventually the editor came back and said, hey, uh, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> I yeah. was like, cool, man. Don't you love that? Did the, yeah, like, oh, you looked like a fucking retard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they like, oh, I didn't expect, they weren't sure what to expect. They thought I was going to be super fucking aggressive one way or the oh, other, yeah, whatever yeah, the case. Yeah. And uh, no, man, I told my heart in that thing. I told my story just fucking as, as, as I do what I do and my thing. You know what I mean? And, uh, did the audiobook and got to hear a little bit of it, and I was fucking happy with it, man. And I read like a fucking piece of shit, so they edited the fuck out of that motherfucker. Everybody does, though. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're, you've been an actor for 20 years. No. As soon as you start doing that, you fuck it up. Bro, it was stressful. They're like, are you good? I'm like, fuck, I'm sweating over here. Just, these are my words, dude, mm. and I'm fucking it yeah. up massively, dude. Some but, of uh, the ads I've read on this show for since we've been on back in the day, I'll still fuck them up on yeah. a daily basis, and yeah. it's but it's live. There's no going back, so yeah. you're like, all right, yeah. well, fuck it. Yeah, they edited it pretty nice. It sounds good. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. I'm so, is this available everywhere right now? Yep, you can pre-order it right now. Obviously, we're trying to fucking come out the gates swinging on this motherfucker, man. Um, you can get it on Amazon, you can get it on Barnes and Noble, you can get it on Audible. It's going to be my voice. Uh, you can get it anywhere you fucking want. Is this uh, so? Since this is St. Martin's Press, will yeah. this qualify you for the New York Times? It will. Okay, so then buy the hardback. Yeah. Tell people that it's twenty six ninety nine on buy Amazon. the hardback. Buy the hardback. So there's a there's a hardback section of the New York Times bestseller list. That's the easiest way to make it. Uh, usually, it's right around fifty five to six sixty five hundred copies. Cool. Uh, of I know nothing. That'll dude. do it. All of the pre sales opening week go towards that. So yeah. buy Borderline in hardback. Uh, are you doing any signed copies on your website uh, or anything? Not at the moment. I'm, I'll talk to the publisher. I'll, I'll, I'll send a message. You're to going that. to Tim Kennedy's after this, right? I am, right. Okay, so I, I helped out Tim when I was uh, with his book. Um, he did a bunch of signed copies and all that other stuff. Ask him today when you go over there. Okay. Just say, hey, man, how did you get on? Because he got on. He made, yeah, it. Yeah. He yeah. made it on the list. Um, and he'll kind of walk you through it over there. Okay. Uh, but I, I, yeah. I laid it out they'll there. Either, they, they'll either ship you books or they'll ship you inserts to sign. Okay. Mm -hmm. It'll be one of the two. The yeah. inserts are, frankly, easier, but the book is actually in the book. So Yeah, that'd be dope. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm counting mm. on the Drinking Bros to support the old school mm. OG Drinking Bros. Yeah. Fuck yeah, they yeah, will. Yeah, I know they will. That's we why I'm here. Do. I know. That's we why always. I was like, I know. These are these are... These are our people, man. Um, and now your podcast, is it back? Yep, Vinny Rock Podcast is back. I bought three cameras and I fucking produced it myself. There you go. Uh, made a few mistakes here and there, but hey, we're learning, dog. You know what I mean? You are. <laughs> like Rachel Sirs, what do you mean by mistakes? No, no, as in like I, I did a, like a two and a half hour podcast and the, the audio fucking went out at 20 minutes, so that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. I was like. Yeah, I've done that. I don't know how to explain oh, to the dude still. Boy. I haven't emailed him and said, yo, dog, um, we might have to redo this shit. Is it an actor? No, it's not. It's not. I'm going to find a few actors from Mayans here soon, but God, it was a local. When it's a, when it's a big one, bro, nothing he works. cried several times. Oh, His emotional is gorgeous. And I was like, oh, fuck, he ain't getting that back, dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's all I'm learning, man. It's look, I, I you built, still got the video, right? Do a voiceover. Yeah. Do, do, do like <laughs> I bad, might have to do, do something bad ADR over yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Like, 
I, look, talking it, about how he lost his kitten when he was a kid or some <laughs> shit. Just fuck him up. I think so. We've done. I think we're close to fifteen, sixteen hundred episodes on, on Drinker Bros. Now it's only happened twice. Uh, neither of them had their jobs, so um, yeah, they got fired. <laughs> yeah, I can't fire myself, big dog. You know what I mean? I fucked up. Wow, I got to fix that. Yeah, you can, dude, it's, you can it's, hire it's somebody. A, it's a little studio in my house, but um, you know, as as we keep recording, it looks like we're probably gonna have to just get a studio and hire someone. Mm. Okay, gotcha. Which is cool, man. It's been fun. Absolutely. If you guys are in Dallas anytime, man, I'd invite one at a time. It'd be cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I would do. We're, we're there all the time. And I've always <clears> thought you were one of the best podcasters there is. No, I appreciate but obviously, it. you left to do Mayans yeah. and all that stuff, and it worked out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know. Things are good. We're going to get it back up and going, and, and I just enjoy having good conversations with people and let them tell their story. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, look, you know the rules. It's the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week. Oh, Someone who has inspired you, helps you become the person you are today. Who'd you like to give drinking bro of the week to? Wow. Oh, man, that is tough. Um, look, I'll say, you know, Elgin James, the creator, the co-creator of Mayans, uh, he's been someone who I've been, I've looked up to, who's kind of brought me along with the journey, who's taught me a lot as a writer. And when I say, like, I would write something, he'd say, that's what everyone else would think. Let's do it different. And I'm like, fuck, motherfucker. So he's challenged me to be a better writer. He's challenged me to be a better person. And he's given me opportunities that uh, I don't think anyone else has ever been able to open the doors that he did for me. And so um, if I could give him a, a moment of thank you, it would be that. And so thank you, Elgin, for everything you've done for my career and, and hope we continue to work together. Uh, yeah, he'd be the drinking bro of the week for me. That's awesome. Uh, since he's had some time away from it, you've had some time away from yeah. it. Did you guys ever have a conversation of how happy you were with the finality of it? Of, uh, you know, like eight out of 10, nine yeah. out of 10, shit, I wish I would have done this, that. No, we haven't, I haven't really got to dig into it. It was, look, man, he was a showrunner for the whole time and he was smoked, you know what I mean? And it was like, he's like, okay, that's done. Let's get to something next. Like, what's next? And so we're right now uh, working on trying to develop something for the border, a border t- television show that, uh, that, that can hopefully make some really cool impacts and, and tell beautiful stories. And so um, we have meetings all the time and, and just really look up to, to what he's been able to create for himself and, and hoping that I can emulate that and later and be a showrunner myself. Um, it was a hard five years, dude. The, mm-hmm. the shit that we had to go through on the show that, you know, what most shows deal with is a lot of different personalities and a lot of, you know, the, the, the arguments and all this other shit that, you know, he was able to hold it down and, and, and he, because you guys lost Kurt Sutter. Yeah. I he, mean, fucking in, right, in the right. series. And like, they were they ready to shut the show off, and he kept it together. And that's the thing is he <laughs> was able to keep together this show that was fucking falling apart. And uh, he he – he any any promise he ever made me he he came through with which it's it's rare to find that these days very rare and so uh, I really appreciate he said one time in the first season he goes I'm gonna I'm gonna write something that's gonna get you an Emmy right mm-hmm. now I didn't get an Emmy because you know the just the kind of the the bureaucracy behind the whole thing and all that how that works but I was nominated for an Emmy internally through FX which just never pushed push forward and that felt good to me as an actor I was like he did he did what he said man and I fucking did what I could to fucking uh, like to <coughs> to make it happen and so um, he's continued to to surprise me and be a man of his word and that's like I said that's fucking rare man and so I give that guy my my tip my tip my hat to him that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here, man. Always uh, standing invite anytime you're in town. Uh, vice versa, we'd love to come out and do your show <laughs> yeah, as let's well. Do it. Let's do it. And uh, we always support you in all your endeavors. Uh, the book is called Borderline Defending the Home Front, Vincent Vargas. Go and pre order it today on Amazon. All of these pre-orders count towards the first week in getting him on the New York Times bestseller list. Get the hardback. 
That's the way to get there, kids. All right? <laughs> Go to Spotify, rate the show a five-star, head on over to iTunes after that, rate it a five-star, and leave a quick review. It's all the advertisers give a shit about these days. I'll shut the fuck up after 10,000 reviews, all right? I know we're over 7,000 apiece. Just get over 10, and I'm all done with it. For D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway, Vincent Rocco Vargas, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone.